everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your host for the Merry Writer podcast. This week, we're on episode 165, and we're asking, how do you let go of a story idea? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you do enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Okay, so we're talking about letting go of a story idea. And I do find it ironic that we're talking about this and that it's my episode, because I do believe it was one of the earlier episodes not that long ago where I talked about like keeping ideas and and avoiding ideas. And I'm just changing it up and, and saying all different. And that's because there will be times when it it is the right moment to let a story go. And we might get a lot of hate for this, especially because I was always one of those like, no, never let a story go. And maybe it's because I'm so much older now, so much older, just past a birthday at the beginning of the year. No, I'm the same way, though. I'm the same way. I I always hoard all of my books. And then after a little while, I'm like, do I really need this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need this. But then it does get to that certain point where you're like, I don't need this anymore. So yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it's there's this fine line. Yeah. And it's not always just about the the books and the story ideas that we kind of like keep in a box somewhere. It can sometimes even be the ones we're working on. It's like, oh, I'm touching very dangerous. (laughs) But if you've ever worked on a story and you've worked on it a long time, And it's got to the point where you don't feel drawn to it anymore. That can be a problem. Now, yes, you can put it to one side and you can work on something new. If you're like us, we have multiple projects that we hop around to. Fine. But I think it's important to understand the difference between keeping a story because it means something, because it's good, because it's something that you can see if you look in the future, that you can see it being finished, you can see it being published, you can see it being developed, or because of the sunk cost fallacy. Now, I think I've mentioned this before, possibly in that episode, we talked about keeping stories, very possible. And the sunk cost fallacy is where if you've put in money or time or effort and you've put a lot of it into something, it becomes hard to let go because you've put so much in. Now, I think one of the biggest um, examples, and again, I've definitely said this before, is Concord, where the British and the French put a ton of money into Concord. So much money. And it did not generate much revenue. It was a it was a constant like leaking of, of cost. It was not a great thing. Very pretty and all this, rah, 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 but not good for business. And they just kept pouring money in because they'd already poured so much money in. It didn't feel right to stop. I mean, obviously they did eventually, but it didn't feel right to stop because in their eyes, it was like, well, it's a waste of how much. And we've probably all done it. You've probably bought something that was expensive. You didn't use it or you used it once. And you didn't want to get rid of it, even though you don't use it, you don't wear it, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't help anything, but you spent so much money on it that it's like, well, I can't get rid of it because I'm throwing that money away. I'll never sell it for what it's worth. I'm throwing money away. I might as well keep it and have it in my house, taking up space. That is the sunk cost policy. It's not realizing that you're throwing away money or time or effort on something that's not good anymore and the problem is especially with writers if we've been working on something for so long that time is hard so say you're like oh well i've been writing you know i've been working on this for 10 years if it's giving you joy if it's something you can still see working fine if it isn't 
it's hard to go, well, you know, I'll just throw those 10 years away. What a waste. And it isn't a waste because those 10 years you've been developing as a writer and all that. But it's hard. It's hard saying those 10 years gone we'll start something new so what we do we keep it and we put more time in and more time and we can get more annoyed at this story in fact it can actually make us more frustrated and hateful of these stories because they're not doing what we want we're no longer passionate about them but we keep putting our energy and time into them so yeah you definitely need to sort of step back and look at the stories that you're you're working on and decide are they viable are they still passion projects are they something that if you look in the future you can see it finishing you can see it going out into the world and bringing joy or whatever to people or is it just you've been working on it so long you might as well carry on that's not a good thing No, I'm going to piggyback off of that. And I'm going to say, I think one of the easiest ways you can figure out how you can let go of a story idea is to create a list of all the novel ideas that you have. And we've, I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast episode, or maybe it was off camera and we were having one of our little chit chats. I can't remember, but we did talk about creating a list of all of your novel ideas and keeping track of the statuses of them and this, that, and the other, and all that fun stuff. And when you create this novel list, you can figure out which ones you're more passionate about. And some of them you might, as as Ari just described, some of them you might look and say, oh, I can still see this one getting published someday, but I'm not into the idea right now. I'll keep it in my back pocket. And then there will be some that you're like, oh, I forgot about this idea. I can't wait to get back into this. This was so fun to write. It was so fun to do the character sketches. I'm going to continue it. But then there will be other novel ideas that you'll look at them and you'll be like, what was that? I don't remember this at all. I have no memory of writing this. I don't remember the idea. It sounds like a stupid idea. There's no way this is going to go far. At that point, you can cross it off the list and just delete it. Because what Ari said about the sunk cost fallacy, I feel extremely called out as someone with undiagnosed ADHD. And anybody listening with ADHD can probably knows exactly what Ari was saying. How many times have we're like, I'm going to start a new hobby. You buy all the stuff for it, and then it just sits in a corner and you never touch it again. Or you start it and you just, you stop one day and you don't go back to it. And it's oddly easy to do that with books as well. I don't know why, but I mean, Ari and I, we've mentioned so many times that we book hop. We can't just sit down and say, I have this book idea for a mystery. I can't just sit down and write the mystery. I got to sit down and write it for a day, two days, maybe a week or two, maybe even a month or two. But then my brain just stops and it's like, hey, you like superheroes. Let's create your own form of X-Men over here. And then I start getting ideas for something new like that. And it's completely different genre, completely different characters, ideas, the whole shebang. And it's so easy to get such a backlog of stories that, yeah, you kind of need to recognize, okay, how can I feasibly write all of these books and get them published or just write them for myself as a hobby? You got to figure out what your ultimate goal is. And if it's to publish to become an author, you got to realize which ideas are worth sharing with the world. Now, don't take that the wrong way. All ideas are worth sharing with the world. All ideas are good ideas. But sometimes they lose their sparkle and you can kind of realize that some ideas are only good ideas at the time. So if you create a list of novel ideas that you have and pick out which ones have lost their sparkle, then it might be time to let the story go. I totally agree. And I also feel a little bit called out because I do hoard a lot of 
craft supplies for 20 or 30 different project types that I wanted to try or learn. And some of them are just sitting in the graveyard of craft supplies, <laughs> never to be used again. But as you said, you spend a lot of money on the equipment and it seems wrong to just get rid and you'll never get the same money back. So then it's like, well, do I try and sell it? Do I try and give it? No, it's just going to sit in a cupboard and take up more space. So No, but... <laughs> no, because you just gave me an idea. New hobby idea. Let's go buy craft supplies to create a little graveyard diorama and then we can keep all of our craft supplies in there. I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. I don't know how I do it, but I'll buy the stuff to do it and then I'll get stuck not knowing how to create it. And then all of that stuff will just Then it'll sit. become more. Just yeah, exactly. added to the Added to the pile. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Exactly. This this is what it is. And Rachel and I did have a discussion about stories and it was Rachel's fault. Uh, whether we did it online or not, I don't know. But it was Rachel who made a comment about writing down all her stories. And then I stupidly did that with my story ideas and was horrified at how many I had because we never really know how many story ideas we have. They float around very nebulously except for the ones that you're actively working on. But if you do sit down, get a spreadsheet, we love our spreadsheets, and list all the story ideas that you have that are mostly formed. We're not talking about like, you know, something that's like a one word prompt or a one sentence prompt that hasn't gone anywhere. I'm talking the ones where you've got an idea of characters, plot, something, and write that down. You will be shocked how many you have I was blown away. And honestly, if I live to be in like 90, I still need to have published like five books in the past to keep up and get them all done. So yeah, that's uh, very upsetting. But I kind of digress and try and come back round. By doing that, it does help because you realise it's not just about story ideas. It's about the ones you really want to keep. Time is finite. So far that we know, nobody has created a time machine, a working time machine. And do you really want to give up X amount of time on a project that you are no longer drawn to? Especially if you have bigger, better projects. When I started writing, I wrote sci-fi. That's what I used to write, sci-fi. And I then moved on to crime and police procedural. Those were my main story ideas when I was younger. Then fantasy kind of swept in and I wrote all of them all at once because that's what I do. I don't write crime anymore at this time. Every now and then I'll touch upon it, but it's it's mostly within fantasy within urban fantasy something like that and i don't write police procedurals anymore i would like to say i don't write sci-fi but i had two ideas yesterday so, <laughs> so they've been added to the list but yeah but mostly sci-fi isn't as big as, as fantasy is for me now and because i really love writing fantasy and i really like reading fantasy that is what i want my attention and priority to be on so i am not going to have a lot of my old crime stories that I have no interest in going back to, especially because they're so old and I was a very different writer then and they're going to need so much work to pull them up to my level. It's not worth it. I don't have time to do that. I would rather put my time into the projects that I have passion for, the projects that I feel are the strongest and the most viable, the ones I really want to read. I may like my old ones, but they're not, I'm not chomping at the bit to read them. Now, I, I'm saying all this, the one thing I don't want is to encourage people to project hop 
too much. And I said that as a project hopper. If you start a project and then six months later, you get bored and jump to another project. And then six months later, you jump to another project and you never go back to the first project. Either you didn't have the passion in the first place or you just have an attention issue and that needs to be addressed. But obviously, if you still have passion for your projects, that's fine. But we're talking about ones where if you laid all your projects out, which ones would you grab first? If your house was on fire, which folder full of notes would you grab first? If all of your stories were in different folders, giant binders, if they were all separate, none of this, it's all in a box. Screw that. If all of your projects were in, in giant binders and you could only grab a handful, you know for a fact which ones you would grab. You seriously would. It's the same thing. So you need to think about time is not on our side. Even if you're a young writer, it goes so fast. I'm not kidding terrifying so let go of those story ideas and i'm not talking about stories that you've actually written and are fully done and they might just need a bit of tweaking if you like that i'm talking about ones that are half formed ones that are partially written ones that you've been sat on for like 30 years showing my age now that's what we're talking about and yeah sometimes it is time to let it go it is and i love how this just took a depressing turn that the clock is ticking, people. Also, I really appreciate how you and I, in many ways, we are the same person. And I do appreciate that when you started writing, you wrote a lot of crime. When I started writing, I wrote a lot of fantasy. And now it's like the complete opposite. And that's just really hilarious to me. Total side note, but I gotta say it. I also think when it comes to letting a story go, I think in whatever episode we talked about not deleting your stories, One of the things I mentioned was if you don't delete your stories, you can see how much you've grown as a writer over the years because you can look back at your very first piece of writing, see how crappy it is, and then look at what you wrote yesterday and say, oh, wow, I really improved. I actually know where my commas go now. I still don't know where my commas go. But anyway, if you take your earlier writing, I think you could also take that and flip it on its head as well. Depending on what story ideas you end up letting go, that also helps you see how much you've grown as a writer. And I say this because shortly after Ari and I discussed never deleting your work, I actually went through all of my digital files, all of my hard copy manuscripts, all of my notebooks, my notes, everything. And I was shocked at how much I recycled. And it actually hurt my heart a little bit to recycle these stories. But when I looked at them, something in my head was just like, this is taking up space. Now, if I did this maybe a year ago, I would have looked at these manuscripts and been like, ah, this was the very first book that I wrote. This goes back under the bed. But when I was going through all of my stuff, I don't know, weeks ago, whenever it was, I just was picking up manuscripts and I was like, I am never going to write this again. I'm never going to look at it again. It's just taking up space. It's got to go in the recycling bin. And one of those stories was actually the very first manuscript that I wrote. Again, it broke my heart to put it in the recycle bin, but it's a little bit cringy to look at. I don't think I would choose my very first novel to look back and say, wow, I've really grown as a writer. No, I'm probably going to look at a manuscript that I wrote a year or two ago because I'm on draft like, I don't know, 165 of my mystery novel. So I'll go back and look at the previous draft of that to see how much I've grown. And also the first novel I wrote was a really angsty, stereotypical high school drama thing that I am not even going to explain because it's so embarrassing. But yeah, so I think that's 
one of the things, if you want to keep your stories, you can see how much you've grown over the years as a writer. But on the other side of it, that can also help you decide when you should let go of a story idea. And I'm not talking you need to like just throw it in the recycle bin on your computer or take your hard copy manuscript and put it in the trash. You don't necessarily need to do that to let it go. You don't have to delete it completely. But I mean, maybe eventually you will actually just flat out delete it or throw it away or whatever. But it can help you realize that I'm just going to tuck this in a trash folder on my computer that I can still get to. It won't be deleted, but I know I'm never going to look at it again, at least not anytime soon. Exactly. It's like archiving it. It's not gone, but it's kind of forgotten. That's that's a good way of doing it. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but as you said, like it's, it is horrible. Like you look back at some of your older ones. And I mean, I wrote my sci-fi that I was writing, one of the ones, because obviously I was writing a lot when I was younger. But when I was like in my early teens, I was writing one of my sci-fis. And it's like you're thinking about an early teenager writing a story with adults. It's like I had no freaking clue what people were like when and the adults as older people. But like my, I, I hated writing about teenagers. It just didn't do it for me at all. So I would write about people who were like in their twenties and they were able to do stuff. But I have no, I had no experience about any of that stuff. I didn't know how they dealt with situations or responsibilities or anything. And you can tell they were like, cringy is the best word, cringy, angsty, teenage-like characters, but they could drink and they could drive and they had bills to pay and responsibilities. And I didn't know any of that stuff. And I was just like, yeah, this is what it must be like, right? No. Wow. No. No, my first book... I, I wrote it when I was like 13, I think, but it was set in high school. I didn't know what it was like to be in high school. <laughs> My inspiration came from TV shows that I watched on Disney Channel. So, you know, whenever they're at school, they're all standing in the hallway by their lockers, holding books and chit-chatting and <laughs> just having a grand old time. And their lockers are like beautiful with graffiti and stuff like that. And they're all beautifully decorated and all of that stuff. And the teachers are wacky. Like that was my inspiration. Then I got to real high school and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> just Not even close. No. <laughs> That's it. It's just so. As I said, I, I, I wrote a police procedural one, and I think my my main character was a detective, and she was driving around in a Ferrari because I really like Ferraris. So I had Ferrari testosterone. Of course, a detective, and and you know, like a third grade detective who was still quite new to being a detective. You know, she wasn't at the top yet. Because she was only in her early 20s, which I think actually you can't, it's very hard to get to a detective level in your early 20s. But hey, I didn't worry about that. But yeah, that was her police car driving around in a Ferrari. And it's like, what is this bad boys with this Porsche? I mean, at least they explained it. There was money there. It's like, no, nope, no. She lived in a really small apartment in uh, in New York with her Ferrari that never, ever got like dinged or anything or graffitied in this area that probably wouldn't have had a space for a Ferrari to park. But you know what? That's some hardcore description right there, Ferrari. My first book, I have a description of a pickup truck. And I think I described it as blue with a long back end. Because at the moment of writing it, I could not think of the word pickup truck. <laughs> but I was like, I'm a writer. I have to be descriptive. The readers need to picture this in their minds. I feel like we're getting off topic. This is a whole nother podcast episode right here where we just like embarrass ourselves. ourselves in our yeah, it's like the embarrassing moments yeah. of, our, of our past. Yeah, that is. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I, I am. So I am fine to wrap this up before yeah, I go cringe for ourselves to death. 
But yeah, so we're talking about how to let go of story ideas. When is it time to let go? Considering how much time and effort you've put in, where the passion is, whether it's something that is viable, whether it's something you really want to give any more time to, because time is not infinite, people. Yes, it's good to keep it to see how you've grown as an author. If that's the case, either keep a little bit of it or maybe just keep the digital copies and get rid of any of the hard copies. Free up some space in your house. Seriously, it's so much nicer to do that. Definitely create a list of novel ideas you have. See how many you have and then maybe put them in order of which ones actually give you that really good bliss feeling of, yes, I want to write this. I want to read this. I want other people to read this. Put them in order and then see how many you've got and then decide those bottom ones, are they worth keeping on the list? I'm not saying they are. Don't get rid of them if they are. But if you go and put every idea down, including ones from like when you were younger, maybe some of them can go. If you can't throw them, archive them. Put them out of your mind. Don't even have it on the back burner. They need to be in the back of the cupboard, never to be seen again. Not bubbling away at the back of your head. You have enough ideas to be putting on the back burner while you work on your current ideas. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. And we'll see what people say. With that, let's turn it over to you guys. How do you know it's time to let go of a story idea? Have you ever actually done it? Or are you a hoarder of story ideas? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing the longevity of books. To ensure you don't miss it, do hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Mayor Edge podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Shiny Objects. We're easily distracted. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.